This is producer Michael Miracle. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. Be sure to check out our website at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com for all of our past shows and podcasts, plus Jim's blogs, reading recommendations, and tons of great I Work For Him resources. All available at iworkforhim.com. And now, today's broadcast. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Welcome back to work, everyone. After an incredible three-day weekend right here in Tampa Bay and all across the country as we honor those who have fallen to keep our great country free to keep this microphone open we're so thankful for those of you that have served we're so thankful for those of you that have made the ultimate sacrifice the families that are listening today we're grateful for everything you've done and we uh, got to pre-record yesterday's show because the you know everybody was on vacation everybody was at the beach believe me Everybody was at the beach, or they were driving to the beach, or they were driving up and down Gulf Boulevard. For those of you listening to the show in other parts of the country, just know it's hot and sticky here in Florida, but everybody wants to be here. And we're not quite sure why, but we're grateful to be here, and we don't have to fight the traffic when we live here. All right, so the question for today, well, it is, you know, it is a Tuesday. It it's is. together on Tuesday That's with right. Jim and Martha Brangenberg. That's why we're here together. And Martha's right and here with Tuesday. us. That's right. But we're going to jump into a subject that you and I don't really know much about. <laughs> this is true. That's right. Okay, singleness. Here's the question we're going to ask today. Is it a gift from God or a curse from the enemy? Maybe you find yourself asking the question, is it God's desire for me to get married? Is there a man or a woman out there that's perfect for me? How late is too late to get married? Well, you might be asking also, you know, Jim, what do you know about being single? Here it is, summed up in one word, nothing. That's right. Nothing anymore. Well, I was never really single. I mean, Martha and I started, we were best friends when we were 16. <laughs> so don't really know anything about singleness. So we're bringing an expert in here. Today we've got Chelsea Drinkard. She's a commercial real estate agent with Office Space Brokers. She and her father work together. She's single and she's learning to be content in that singleness until God shows her another direction. So Chelsea's personal cell phone number is 813. Oh, oh, we're not going to give that out on the air. But <laughs> he thought he was so funny there. I was funny there. I was funny there. <laughs> don't snort. Just don't whatever you do. Don't snort. I'm sorry. I just, I knew that would get you a little bit when you know. Okay. Chelsea Drinker, welcome back to I Work for Him. I'm really excited to be here again. You know, Martha and I loved having you in the studio the last time, and we know that this is a subject that, you know, I'm sure you get asked questions all the time. Well, Chelsea, when are you going to get married? Do people ask you that question all the time? I usually, I work with most people that are married or have families because of the nature of our my business. And when I tell people I'm single, they suddenly, they get like a puppy eye look. They oh. look at me, they slouch, lean forward and say, your time will come. <laughs> and, pat, and the right one's out there for you. And do you the pat them back? They're like patting you on the hand. They're patting you on the hand. That's like, right. This is not TV. This is radio. Yeah, like I'm. That's I don't great. have chronic. I don't have a chronic illness. So <laughs> no, no. But when they pat you on the hand and say, "Your time will come, Chelsea. Your time will come." What do you? Do you pat them back on the hand and say, "Maybe not." What do, what do you say to them? Do you say something? You should find some creepy line to respond with. I should. Well. Well, I used to have, I had just recently put her down, but I say, I have a dog and she's great. So like, we're doing well, but, um, <laughs> but it's really interesting. Like, most of the time that's, this is what's really weird. Okay. It comes from the Christians. Hmm. Most of the time, if I say that I'm single and I'm not like, oh, I'm single, you know, like a Romeo and Juliet, woe is me. I'm not fainting on a chair, but um, they usually respond with that. I'm sorry. Versus those who aren't usually like, yeah, good for you. 
Hmm. It's an interesting perspective. Yeah. Something well, to we, think about. You know, Paul talked yeah. about it. Paul talked about it, that it was a gift. Hey, I wish everybody could be single like me, Paul said. And I understand what he's talking about now. A- after Martha and I having raised three kids, and now we got grandkids, I understand if you're not married, you can focus specifically on the calling that God has placed on your life without any distractions. Because being married is a distraction. Honey, I love you. You're the best distraction in my entire life. <laughs> I'm a good distraction. You're a, you're an awesome distraction. <laughs> okay. But I understand what Paul's saying. But there's that battle because I, I, almost every person I've ever met wants to get married. Mm-hmm. Almost. Not everybody I've ever met, but almost. Absolutely. All right. So we got Martha picked out a verse for you today. Ooh. Do you got that verse? Um, no, because okay. you didn't give me that outline. Oh, sorry. Well, uh, Martha's putting the Tell pressure back on Tell me what verse I picked. Isaiah 41.10, Martha picked out for you. Chelsea, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious... Martha would change it left hand, but it's right hand. My no, victorious right, right hand. hand. It's God's right hand, which is where the power is. Mm-hmm. But God made left-handed people, too. Like me. Like Martha. That's right. And Michael Miracle. Woohoo! <laughs> That's right. All right. Michael Miracle's cheering Left-hand in there. high five. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's right. Are you a lefty too? No. No? She I'm was just supporting. She you're was just being just, supportive. Yeah. Oh, you're Yay. just you're being everybody's. Okay. So before we get conversation started about singleness, how does the message, how does the, yeah, how does the message of I work for him resonate with you, Chelsea Drinkard? How does it resonate with me? Well, originally, um, I always thought if I wanted to do the work for God, if I want to be this person, and you might have ever thought this before, like, I want to really, really, I work for him and work for God and be and feel that call and destiny that I have to work for a nonprofit or I have to go into ministry. But when I realized that where I am, that is my ministry, no matter where we are, it's as you go. It's not, this is my ministry time, and I put it in this little green box on my calendar. It's nothing like that, or I don't have to work for that nonprofit. So I love I work for him because it gives you the tools and examples from other people around the country that are doing this, like, hey, this is what we're doing, and this is practical ways that we're applying it in our walk, in our life. And majority of the time, people spend in their careers anyways. They're not in church. They're not, um, most people aren't aren't ministry. Our marketplace is our ministry. So that's why I love this station. I love what you guys do, what you believe in, and um, you're delivering that with excellence. So Yeah, most of us spend an hour a week at church. Out of 168 hours, that is a very, very small percentage. But most of us spend, I don't know about you, well, as a commercial real estate broker, how many hours a week do you work? I Actually, I do a pretty good job of keeping my hours down. That's one of my goals. I'm about 40. Really? I'm impressed. Okay, so Martha and I keep it down yeah, about 55. Do we? Don't, do we? we? We don't keep track. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, it's, it's better. It's better that way. It's better not to keep track. <laughs> We, but, you know, a part of it, it depends on how many books I'm reading in a week. Okay, so how does then that idea behind the fact that your workplace is your mission field and that in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers, employees, your customers may, may ever meet. How does that impact your work as a commercial real estate broker? I feel like I have a higher, I'm called to a higher level of like leadership and expectation and character than anyone else. So I think one of my favorite things of is when, remember when, you read that passage where Jesus on the cross, I remember looking up at him, just seeing him. He's there and these two guys on the other side. Everyone's spitting and cursing at him and all this stuff. They're whipping him. And he says, forgive them, Lord. They know not what they do. So we have to, or I have to come to that standpoint of, I can't expect people to act one way, another broker a client or whatever that is, act a certain way if they're not, if they're not a Christian. Right. So I have to forgive them, Lord. They know not what they do and be able to have that grace. 
and that love and say, hey, they could have had a crazy day today. Forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they do. So I have to be able to take up that higher step and walk in that of that understanding of the grace that he's given to me. I have to give that to others. So it's not easy, not always easy at all, but I've, there's a secret that I recently learned this past year that we'll kind of talk a little bit more about here of that's helped me walk in that with I, with working from that ministry, but then also um, being content and being single. And why, what is the purpose of being single? Was there a preparation? What does that look like? So this one little thing that I've recently learned has helped me kind of in full facets career um, singleness and, and everything. Well, that was a good layup, but we won't hit that till we come back from the break. So people got to stay tuned to hear that words of wisdom from Chelsea Drinkard. Okay, so I love seeing, and Martha and I love, we, we love hearing people's stories on how the Lord gets involved in the intimate details of people's lives. How have you seen the Lord get involved in those details recently? I was thinking about this last night. There was, um, the first thing that came to my mind was, I was actually at a business seminar and just volunteering and serving and smiling and helping people. And I had a lady come up to me and it's crazy how, you know, in the Bible, God spoke through a donkey, right? Mm-hmm. Like he can speak through anything and everyone. And I'm standing there and this lady I never don't know comes up to me and just says, um, she said, there's a call on your life and you're going to do great things. And I don't know why, but that just like hit my spirit, hit my stomach. You ever felt like somebody was punching you in the stomach. You have this mm-hmm. feeling of, <gasps> And I had a, my my eyes like welled up with tears. I had to hold back. And for some reason, the Holy Spirit told her to say that. And she said it and just, I had like a rush come through my body. So just, it's amazing what he says and what he does. And if you really seek him and want to know him and spend time with him, that he will bring people in your life to do that. And what's amazing is when you see, when sometimes you can hear people talk all day long and all of a sudden five or six words or 10 words will come out of somebody's mouth and you're like, oh. Those are words from God, because I I heard them. They almost like echo, echo, echo in your mind. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. It's just incredible. And people, we need to understand, as a church, you know, if you're 50, 40, 50, 60, life is different today for these singles. People are not getting married at 20 or 21 today. And, And there's a lot of reasons for that, but it's okay. And we need to understand and embrace these singles. And, and maybe they just need some people feeding them into their lives, but you don't need to be convincing people that marriage is for everyone because I don't believe that it is. Or Paul wouldn't have said, hey, I wish that everybody could be single like me. But if you burn with lust, then you should get married. But if you don't, then go ahead. Go ahead, Chelsea. We were talking with Chelsea Drinker today. She is a commercial real estate broker for, and the name of your business, Office Space Brokers, right? Yes, it is. And is it officespacebrokers.com? It is. OfficeSpaceBrokers.com. Not that I'm telling people how to find you, but, you know, OfficeSpaceBrokers.com. All right. I didn't give a... <laughs> I mean, our office phone number is on there, so... <laughs> well, there you go. If somebody really wants to meet you after they hear you share your testimony today, that's how they can find you. But okay. they have to rent or buy a space. <laughs> <laughs> a commercial real estate contract, contract is required, required prior to having coffee with Chelsea Drinkard. Okay. Oy. Uh, did you think this was just going to be easy with me? No, I mentally prepared for this. He's going to say something. I have friends this to me all the time, and her phone number is. I would never do that. I would never do that. But it is, you know, singleness is one of those things that a lot of people don't understand. And, and I really wanted you to bring it on because we have a lot of listeners that are, that are maybe single once again, and they're feeling the pressure, well, maybe I have to get married again. Or maybe they're single like you in their 20s, looking at 30, and they're like, well, what do I do with this? What is God's plan for me? And, and I'm feeling like the pressure. My parents keep going, um, <clears throat> I'd like to have some grandchildren. You need to get married so I can have some grand-. I mean, 
People do that. I've heard parents do that, mm-hmm. but not us. Right, honey? No, correct. Okay, good. All right. But, you know, and, and in this conversation, I want to take the perspective, too, of what what are we, where are we airing, and both in who we are in our church, in our neighborhood, in our social gatherings, what are we doing that we may not even be thinking about? And I think that's the, the element that you bring in is, my goodness, I never even thought about that. And how we maybe are, you know, showing a perception or a, a judgment that we don't mean to be, you know, afflicting on someone. So in, I'd love to. In fact, I may some, I may say something stupid on the air, and you'll just have to correct me right then. Don't let it go because if I've offended you, you'll have to let me know so that I can apologize to everybody listening. We need like a big red flag or something. No, nope. she's close enough; she <laughs> yeah, can punch she, me. Just true. go ahead and punch me. <laughs> okay. Practice. So, how do you view your singleness? So I recently read a blog that said... Um, so you write a blog. Let's just clarify. Oh, so you write a blog. Where do you write this blog? Yeah. So actually, this is one of those things that God's so cool. I didn't know I was a writer, but apparently I'm a third generation writer. My mother was a writer. My grandmother was in a column. And lo and behold, someone said, hey, we need someone to write for this new magazine coming up. It's going to be distributed all over online here in the local area. And um, we need to have someone to write about singleness. I'm like, hey, I've been single for a long time. I can write about that. But the magazine is called um, Strong and Courageous Women. The website strongandcourageouswomen.com. It's geared towards women who are strong and courageous. It's, you know, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you have kids, health, fitness, it kind of covers all aspects. So it's not just you might be thinking, oh, well, she's single. I'm not single. Why do I need this? Well, if you're married, you're a mother, you work. We have Martha, you've written it too. There's the books in there as well. So it covers all facets. And I just happen to do um, the single portion. Okay. So then going back to the question that I asked, how do you view your singleness? You know, we asked the question at the top of the hour. You know, is singleness a blessing or is it a curse? How do you view it for you personally? Personally, I view it as a blessing. Um, unfortunately, I've, I've come across a lot of people who were just they're just confused whether you're in your 20s 30s 40s or 50s you're just confused on you know sometimes you might be thinking well when i get married then i will you know i'll start my life and then my dream and my passion my goal then then i'll start then because you know a lot of things are geared towards once you're married then this happens um but for me that i found recently if if i wouldn't know my value and my identity in christ and how Abba Father sees me and how God sees me, I would view my singleness as a curse or I would be stuck in positions of, I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I think, oh man, I just want something to go to movies with or go to dinner or just want to travel the world with something like that. And I think that's common um, for women too. But if we don't know who we are in Christ and how he sees us and that that needs to be our number one relationship in our life, whether we're married or not, and it should be God spouse, family, work, everything else, if that's out of whack, and correct me if I'm wrong, whether you're married or not, you know, you can be having, in your future, you could be having a rough day and your husband's not filling your emotional need, but God needs to be filling that first, then your husband. Well, and I think that's a a common misconception that Martha and I see a lot in marriage mentoring, that that spouses think that their spouse should um, define them, you know, complete them. them. Or right, right, be be their emotional filler upper but we are defined in our identity is given to us by our relationship with our heavenly father right not our spouses because if i was martha's identity martha wouldn't be neat like she is 
because because I'm a pain in the keister sometimes. <laughs> and so I don't want her to be defined by me. I want her to be defined by her relationship with the Heavenly Father. And she wants that for me as well. But as a single person, it is often we get, it's because I, I think, I see a lot of people judging single people. They judge them. Well, why aren't you married? Mm-hmm. And and so therefore they define you. They Yeah, they define, I think that's right, they define who you are, they describe your identity based on the fact that you're not married instead of that you are single. Right. I've seen that, I've seen this mostly for, um, in our, in our women's, our our Christian biz women's group that we have here in Tampa Bay, we have a mix of um, married, someone married for 50 years, single, dating, um, divorced, single moms, we have everything all there. So I found this in the older those who've been divorced or those who are recently single again, that there's more judgment there for women who are single. You're more excluded from the group. Well, you're single and we're married and I don't want you to hang out with my husband and I. What? Mm. You know, or or that's your identifier. Or if you're single, you might think, well, I don't want to hang out with them because they're married and I am not. What do we have in common? Or even in business, right? We're, this is business. So, oh, I, what do I have in common if you're married and I'm not? What do we have something to talk about? But that's not your identity. Your identity is not a married person. Your identity is not a single person. Your identity is you're a child of the Most High God, period, in a story. Hmm. I want to go back to that you were addressing how it almost felt like some people were um, like, okay, you're on hold until, and so you can't, if, if they have this mindset that you aren't really going to fulfill what God wants you to do until you're married. We do that in a lot of areas of our life, and I don't think we mean to. It could be everything from um, I'm, I can't wait until the weekend so that I can go and serve by helping, you know, uh, somebody move into a new house or, you know, that need, that need, is whatever the situation might be. Um, but we have this mindset that a point in time is going to come and then I can serve, mm-hmm. whether it is, you know, after work. And this is why we have I work for him, understanding that our work is our mission field, that we're not. There's so many things we've just predetermined in our head, and I'd never even really thought about it in the terms of singleness, thinking I might be judging and saying, well, when they get married, then they can do this, or that you may put that on yourself and put that pressure on yourself. But understanding if you wait until then and you don't serve or you don't minister or you don't live life to all that God wants for you in this moment in time, then you're missing the opportunity that God has set before you. Like Paul said, right? Taking, I wish I could be single like me to take advantage of that time. I just spent mm-hmm. a week helping my sister with her newborn and a two-year-old full-time momming, anting it all the time. Like, holy cow. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> holy oh cow. Gosh. I under, like Paul, bro, I get you, brother. I hear you because there's, there's a huge difference of take advantage of that time. I realized I have so much time to do whatever I want, obviously within reason, but I'm leading organizations, I'm writing for a magazine, I'm traveling the world, I'm going on missions trips. When you're married, not that you can't do it, there's just more boundaries. There's more, it's just, right? There's more. Yes, there is. Mm -hmm. Well, and until you're empty nesters again, you have those limitations because you're making a commitment. I mean, that's what Paul was talking about. When you get married, all of a sudden you have other responsibilities. You know, as a married man and a father and a grandfather, my priorities are my relationship with my heavenly father 
my wife is my number two priority, my, my number one ministry. My kids are my number three priority, but my number one mission field. And my grandkids now have become my really my number one mission field because my kids are Christ followers mm-hmm. and then my work. But when you're single, you've got your relationship with your Heavenly Father and your mission. It's very simple because you don't have responsibilities to anybody else. Right. But there's also that longing inside of everyone, I, I almost everyone probably, like, I want to have a companion for life. Absolutely. I mean, so how do you see your friends, your single friends dealing with this? How, you know, both the good and the bad. How do you see them dealing with this? I think it's different in the, the quote, church versus outside. So there's okay, two, so give us both perspectives. Yeah, so there's two spectrums, right? So for those in the church, we have that, uh, all right, I'm just waiting on God, waiting on God, waiting on God. He's going to bring my man. I'm just going to wait here and volunteer, and he's going to come. Okay, no. It's not ask, seek, and sit. It's ask, seek, and knock. Okay. Mm-hmm. Other in the spectrum is... That, you got to say a little slower. It's not ask, ask seek, and, and sit on your Keisterheimer. It's ask, seek, and knock, which is an action verb. Correct. Okay. Correct. And like we can go into more of that later if you want. But the other in the spectrum is those, and I've met I've met these girls, and I've, you know, I've been friends with those. I have friends that are, the, that are these girls. I'm just going to be single. I'm going to date whoever I want. I'm going to sleep around with whoever I want. I'm just going to do me. I don't care. I'll get married whenever I want. So there's two ends of this spectrum on the the Christian side that we have some lies, and then on the obviously the the non-believing side in the world, um, in the media that they say just go sleep around, have casual sex, do whatever you want. That's going to make you happy. Be you. You need to sleep around so you know you know what if you're, you're compatible. Yeah, all yeah. of this <laughs> pile of garbage, that's baloney. Right. <laughs> so that's the other end of the spectrum. So then there's people in the middle of okay, I'm not doing that. I'm not asks. I'm not sitting and just waiting, but I'm also not sleeping around. What do I do? What's the purpose of being single now? That's a really powerful question. And, and is the issue, as you have single friends out there, do your single lady friends struggle the same way your single guy friends struggle? They're different. They're com- they're different issues, but they work together and why we're struggling. Okay, we're talking today with Chelsea Drinkard, and we're talking about singleness. We're not picking on Chelsea, but she volunteered. She writes about singleness in the Strong and Courageous Women magazine. And if you want to get a subscription to that, strongandcourageouswomen.com, no, they didn't pay for that commercial. Uh, but Chelsea writes one of the articles in there, and we just really, we love Chelsea. She's got a phenomenal testimony. She's got a great passion for her faith in our Heavenly Father, and she understands it is comfortable in her singleness, and we just thought, okay, Let's talk about this because we know a lot of you out there listening are single and some of you are comfortable in it and some of you are uncomfortable in it. I really want you to get that perspective where our Heavenly Father places puts us in places where we need to be comfortable and we need to learn to be content, whatever the circumstances are, as Paul said. Chelsea, you mentioned, we were, I was giving you a hard time off the air. Okay, you're a single lady and you we're, I was giving you garbage about your car. Okay. <laughs> All right. So as a single woman, you know, a lot of times, you know, if if somebody gets married, the guy takes care of the car. This is, again, so stereotypical. Guy takes care of the car. He does the washing and waxing and gets the maintenance done. And the the lady does maybe some other, maybe she does the detailing inside. That's the way it is in our household. But when you're single and you've been given a huge asset like a car, you have to do that all on your own. Or you got to recruit some of your friends to help you do it. And you guys could, you know, wax and wash each other's car. Why? Do you think it's important to put wax on your car? 
I have no idea because I don't do it. However, I do follow my car guy, who's a gentleman, my routine of changing my oil on time. I'm faithful to my car. I vacuum it. I wash it. I keep it nice and clean. And I change my oil and rotate my tires every whatever thousand miles that he tells me to. She's giving me this look like I'm her dad. He's like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I he's follow the rules. <laughs> I just don't wax it. <laughs> sure. We have, do we have a question from a caller? Yeah. All right. Uh, cue him up, Michael. Uh, so, but the reason you put wax on a car <laughs> is to keep the paint connected to the car. Oh, okay. So it's important to wash and wax a car. It is super, really, super Floridians important. Floridians really struggle with that. They do. So you're they struggle not with alone. It. Okay, yeah, your good. car won't right. get rusty in Florida, but the paint will peel off like leprosy, which is part of the deal. You become heavy. You have a matte finish after that's, a while. That's right. Like, it people is, pay for that. It, so, and we've been given it a lot. And, and as a Christ follower, we're, we're, given, we're supposed to be stewards of those things that God gives us. That's why. But good this, job on all the other things. Be affirmed uh, in that. All right. Okay. <laughs> Kay, on, man. <laughs> Kay in Clearwater, welcome to High Work Frame. Do you have a question for Chelsea? No, I just wanted to share something with y'all that is germane to the conversation that the Lord showed me several years ago. Okay, go ahead, Kay. Um, I am in my early 50s, never thought I'd be single this long. I've actually met Chelsea before and had uh, dinner with her. She's just a lovely young lady. But what the Lord showed me was that I am not single. I am a family of one. And my oh. family of one has this just as much dignity as a family of four or five or six. And I think I don't like the term single because it sounds like I'm not where I'm supposed to be doing what God wants me to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas owning it and saying I'm a family of one says that I have submitted to the Lord. I'm doing exactly what he wants me to do, although it's not my first choice. It's his choice for me at this time, but my family of one has a lot of dignity, just as much as a bigger family does. So, Chelsea, I mean, how do you respond to that? Yeah, no, okay, I definitely agree with that. And I think it's maybe touch on a little bit about being identified by the word single, right? That's not your identifier. Mm-hmm. That's not who you are. I'm not this, yes, it's our topic today, but not wearing that. Well, it's not your identity. Yeah, it's not my identity. It's not your identity. Uh, you, like you said, right. you're... You're a family of one. You're a daughter of the king. Like that's Why? that's who you are. I so, love that perspective. So, Kay, how, you know, we've been we asked Chelsea the question. You know, how do you how do you deal with people judging you? Again, Christ followers tend to judge single women. Like, what's wrong with you? Why are you still single? So, how do you deal with that? I mean, how, do you have a great you know, when, when people are patting Chelsea's hands saying, "Oh, don't worry, God, somebody got to bring somebody along in, in his time." When people say that to you, what's your comeback? You know. This is not where I thought I would necessarily be, but my God did not make a mistake, and mm-hmm. I'm doing exactly what He expects me to do, mm-hmm. and I am living exactly the life that He wants me to live, and I'm ministering exactly the way He wants he expects me to. Mm-hmm. So none of that has changed, you know. My, I don't know. I'm just such a bloom where your planet kind of a girl. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to waste my life chasing after rainbows and tomorrow. I feel like it is very insulting to the Lord for us to strive for something He has obviously not necessarily brought to us at this time. So it is imperative that we utilize every day and every resource He's given to us and don't insult our Lord by striving for something. Those are good words. Those are, have on the right, those are great words, Kay. Thanks so much for listening to I Work For Him. Michael, make sure you get her information so we can send her a book. Kay, thanks for being a listener. Thanks for sharing those thoughts. Very much appreciated. Chelsea, That's and that's really what you were saying. That That's really, 
the the conversation that we're having is that it's not your identity. Mm-hmm. Being right. single is not your identity. It describes a portion of your life, the one that doesn't occupy your left finger and a distract. You know, and for some people, your um, you know, your heart. I mean, because mm-hmm. being married uh, does occupy space, and it competes for our time with our heavenly Father. Absolutely. So you said, hey, you know, God calls us to not to ask, seek, and wait, but to ask, seek, and knock. How does that play into the whole single conversation? What I found, and in, in I've read uh, several different books, and and I books are awesome, and I'm I love reading. I, that's one of the things I do my my spare time. But also, there's just so much in the Bible and the Word that's there. And like Ephesians is a love letter to you, whether you're a single man or woman, reading that, and that's that's what's um, helped me. But ask, seeking, and waiting versus ask, seeking, and knocking. Oftentimes, I think mostly for Christians and a lot of women that I found, um, no matter their age, is. You know, we're told just wait on the Lord and he'll he'll bring your he'll bring you your husband. He'll bring that one person for you. And personally, based on some scripture, I don't think that there's only one person for us. We have free will. That's a whole different conversation. Something that is another conversation with me, but um, that's a whole different thing. But not just waiting. If you, you know, where ask yourself questions of if you're going to ask, seek and wait. You're just oh waiting for someone, waiting for God to bring you someone. It's like waiting for the Lord to pay off and cancel your debt. No, you're lacking a. Sometimes you're lacking a skill, and just be faithful and paying off your debt, or being diligent with your finances, being a good steward, that type right. of thing. So, similar thing Ooh, applies. Can you be a good steward of your singleness? Absolutely. By if your goal is to get married, then okay, ask yourself a couple questions. Um, what is the type of person I want to marry? What's my vision for marriage? Um, where do I? What what type of relationship and structure do you want to have? What are their mentors in my life I want to learn from? Of what. How about how's their marriage, what they like about it, um, things that they, they wish they knew prior to they got married. Um, and then reaching out to certain resources. There's a book that I have here. It's called The Sacred Search by Gary Con- Gary Thomas. Excuse me. And the question on it is says, what if it's not who you marry, but why? Mm. And this book completely helped revolutionize how I view singleness um, again, being single, I don't like the term singleness, how being single and in that season of life and how to take advantage of it, one, and number two, how to be wise while journeying into that next season of marriage and the purpose of this right now. Um, yeah. That made me think of so many things. And one of the things that you were saying, again, I know Jim's looking at the book. He's like, okay. The Sacred Search. What if it's not about who you marry, but why by Gary Thomas? I just want to make sure I repeated it again. And don't you think there are a lot of people that their why is very selfish? You know, I want Mm -hmm. a ring on my finger. I want a wedding. A lot of people marry because they want a wedding and then end up in a wrong relationship Mm -hmm. um, because of the wrong perspective, the wrong why. And and I love that. Let's provide some glass half full kind of answers because I want to make sure that we really are seeing it that way. How do you... As an encourager, because you're a huge encourager, you're always smiling, you're always upbeat, but I'm sure there's days where you're not. I just have never seen you on one of those days. How do you encourage your friends who are struggling in their singleness? Because I know that you have friends that are struggling in their singleness. I I tell them, you need to know who you are. Because I was there too. You need to know who you are as a daughter, as a king. If you are walking around with, you're a glass half full person because you're not in a relationship, there's a problem. 
there's an ad- identity issue. That's that's like the foundation. I think with everything too, right? With who you are, if your identity is wrapped up in your work, is your identity is wrapped up in your relationship status? Um, you have to know who you are. So, you know, read Ephesians, read Corinthians. They're the two of the smallest books in the Bible, but they're just love letters of God saying how He sees you. Even praying and asking the Holy Spirit to show you, Father, show me how you see me, and I want to. Show me how you love me. What do you see when you look at me? So having that really solid relationship of and understanding how he sees you and who you are. And like I said, this book and this thought of what if it's not who you marry, but why will completely revolutionize that whole part of being single. And maybe those thoughts that you do have of I'm not good enough. I'm lacking something. Maybe I'm not pretty enough. I'm overweight. It's because my job isn't, you know, I'm not making enough money. Whatever those thoughts and lies are the enemies trying to distract you with. Those are just a bunch of hooey. And but knowing the purpose of that, of being a steward of one, taking advantage of it by, you know, maybe you haven't done ballet in 10 years and you've always wanted to do ballet. Maybe you want to take surfing lessons. And you have it. Maybe you want to travel the country, but you haven't because you're just sitting and waiting. Do it now. Be a good steward of your time. OK, but there's a lot of people that would sit there going, yeah, but OK. Uh, but I need to get married so that I can, because housing is too expensive. As a single person, I can't afford my own housing. Or they're struggling with, okay, the the whole free sex environment out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that people are, yeah, sorry, the conversation is going a little PG-13 here for a second. You know, it is something, I mean, it is rare to find people committed to a sex-free lifestyle as singles. Right. Because there is extraordinary pressure. From everything you listen to, to everything you watch, to everything that you hear people talk about, wherever you go, that just that's the environment that's out there. Because the, the secular world controls the culture. How do you combat that with a positive retort? In this book, there's a quote, and I wish I could turn to it right now. I can't find it offhand. But um, it said, if you're in a relationship with someone or you're only interested in someone that they want to take that next step physically, that's a selfish approach because that's a selfish desire that they have that they want. And we all can realize that our culture is very selfish, right? Mm-hmm. It's a very individualized me, me, me People culture. are selfish. Yeah, it's all, it's just who we are. It's our our fleshly nature of that's, it's all about me. But if you understand your value and if you understand how God sees you and why that whole concept is there of remaining pure until that time, when you, once you get that, like, whoa, wait, hold on. I'm a hot commodity here. You know, like there's a bigger purpose to this than, yeah, just, it feels good. Whatever feels right. Just follow, follow your feelings, follow this. Well, the Bible says to walk by faith, not by sight. And there's a lot of danger in going by your feelings, that's for sure. All right, but I would recommend that people really struggling with their identity go through the study, identityanddestiny.com, identityanddestiny.com. You ever gone through that study? I have it on my shelf. Pull it off the stinking shelf. It is the most powerful study in the world on understanding who God created you to be and what he created you to be doing. You got to pull, pull it off. The, make that promise right now on the air before we go to break. Yeah, okay, I promise. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Chelsea, a couple of questions because I know that it's really important. People are going, okay, how do we apply this to our workplace? Because we're surrounded by single people, some of them Christ followers, some of them pre-Christ followers. How do we use this as a place to encourage people? Because I know what I have seen, people who are pre-Christ followers, they look at their singleness as a curse and they're constantly trying to fill their life with relationships because they don't have that relationship with their Heavenly Father. And so they're they're allowing their relationships to define who they are. They're gaining their identity from that. How do we combat that? I think if you are a single person, and I've actually done, it's really interesting, some Facebook lives about these topics and about 
um, on the magazine, what I'm writing on. And on those, there will be people that aren't believers on there. They're not believers. Some are married. There's people of different religions that are on there that are married. So it's attracting people because most people are walking around hopeless. If you're not a believer, you're hopeless. You're looking, like you said, you're looking for a void to fill. So if you're coming, if you, we're supposed to walk, walk around, we're Christians, right? We're versions of Jesus because Jesus, you know, the power of the resurrected Messiah lives inside of us. So we're supposed to reflect him wherever we go, right? Right. So if we're doing that and we understand personally as I'm a single person, understand who I am, if they look at me and say, wait, I don't understand. Why Why are you okay in this area? Why, do you, why are you happy? Why are you not trying to find someone to marry right away? Why are you not dating around? Why aren't you sleeping around? Because I'm walking in this and I found this, that's encouragement and they're attracted to that. It's like being that light on the hill. So are you involved in a small group? I am. Okay. Is that just single people in a small group or is it mixed, married, single people? No, um, mixed, um, single, dating, married, engaged, um, divorced, single moms, married for 50 years, everything. Okay. So that, that small group, how do they encourage you in your singleness? They do not speak down on me or assume I don't know anything because I'm single Okay. because I don't know something. And if anything, I, we it's a, more of a business-related, it's the Christian Business Women's Connection that we have, um, the, our chapter here in Tampa. And it's more so business-related, but when I lead the group, I'll try to make something that a an identifier to where they are as a married person. I'm like, I'm like, if you lose your husband's sock in <laughs> in in the dry or something, they'll laugh. Like, yeah, I have done that. So, or if I say something, so like, no, she doesn't apply. They will they will just encourage me or laugh, and I'll be like, oh, bless her, she's trying. <laughs> so, what if those people in that small group though try to set you up? How do single people feel about married people or other people, their friends, trying to set them up? I think. If especially if you're in that ask seeking and knocking stage, I think it's really wise to have people in your life that you say, this is what I'm looking for in a spouse and you give them liberty to go. It's duplication. It's business. Right? So you give them a, a bullet point list of these are the qualities I'm praying about in my spouse. Yeah. So if you don't have a bullet point list of qualities you're praying for in your spouse, you better have one. Otherwise, right. you'll never know what you're looking for. A man without a vision will perish. Right. So the Bible says, so if you don't have a vision for your marriage or what your spouse looks like or what your ideal vision of marriage, tell me if I'm wrong. You can get in marriage with someone, you view marriage one way, they view marriage a different way, and you'd be going on different paths and have no idea because you never knew what you wanted prior to marriage. Yeah, it works for about 10 years, and at 10 years it starts to absolutely crumble because there's so much distance that's grown between people, and then they have to really work to rebuild it. So it is important. Go ahead, Martha. So I just want to encourage the listeners, if you are somebody who feels led to set up a friend who's single. What I'm hearing you say is if you're praying about it and you really feel that God's, that there is a a synergy in what God has put in your head, that this person and this person need to meet each other, then I would pursue that and encourage that. But don't just be like, oh, Chelsea needs a date. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, don't, it's, a I, it's not a flippant difference. thing. Because no. you need Absolutely. a date like a hole in the head, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not something you're living sure, for. It's not something that's actually. That. <laughs> well, you already have seven holes. Do you need another? I mean, a lot of times people are like, well, you just need a date. Well, what's the guy like? Well, you know, he's single. Yeah, don't even, don't waste my time. Yeah, right. yeah that's just too much right. danger and all that. Right. But that's I think what you're we saying. want to protect your heart and we want to um, do something that's going to be God honoring. Speak so. to those singles in the last few seconds of the show. Speak to those singles out there. Give them some encouragement. If you are 
don't think you're good enough or you think you're lacking something or you think that there's something wrong with you or your life won't start until you are until you are married, just know that that is a lie from the enemy and that you need to take advantage of the time that you have right now in being that. You need to read, get in the Word, understand who you are with your identity. And then also you've got to get a hold of this book, The Sacred Search by Gary Thomas. The yeah. Sacred Search by Gary Thomas. Chelsea Drinker, thanks for being on I Work for him today. Thank you for having me. It was fun. It went way too fast, as it always does, doesn't it, Martha? Yes, it does. Ah, The Sacred Search. Get a copy of that. You've been listening to I Work Room with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.